Welcome back to another episode of Football at the Bar with your host, T.A. and G-Money, bringing you all the highlights, talking mess, and all the plays you shouldn't have missed. What's up, everybody? This is Football at the Bar. We're your host. I'm T.A. And this is G-Money. And we're brought to you by ATB Media Network. Super excited this week. The season is sitting over here and moving and churning and getting through, and we are very close to the playoffs. We only have, what, three, four more weeks left? Yeah, it's been, yeah. Well, I think it's about three weeks left. And, 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 you know, this is when the rubber meets the road. This is when crunch time is. This is when these teams have to come to play each and every single week. And we've watched some teams sitting over here and getting themselves out of the conversation. Then we have some people that are playing themselves into the conversation. So I can look forward to talking about it. But before we go there, All of you, I need you to do me a quick favor. I need you to like, I need you to subscribe, and I need you to download. Make sure you take care of us. Like, subscribe, download, and come see us because we're here each and every single week dropping them dimes for you. And lastly, G-Money, what are you drinking on? Man, you know, you'd have had me in high cotton for a couple weeks in a row. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm over here drinking that AKB6, that beautiful, nice, Mm. smooth, silky, Cognac. So I'm absolutely loving my shit. I've been on it for quite some time now. Yeah, I guess me too, right? Uh, single malt. Single malt. That single malt's a little bit different than that blended malt. It gets you a little bit more messed up too. You get yeah. to feeling yourself a little I, bit more. I have to say you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. So so speaking of feeling yourself, you know, started feeling themselves after a couple of wins and started thinking that, that they poop don't stink. And that's our Cowboys. They, they ain't my Cowboys, but yes, they are the America's, America's team. team, without yeah. a doubt. And, and, and we've seen them come in here and, and had the win at their backs, the win you know, at their sails, and they go in there and play a Bills team that is actually ascending and actually playing better than what they've played for the majority of the year. Yeah. You know, they are literally coming into their own at the very right time, so that makes that team scary. But you see the Cowboys, and once again, Cowboys don't deliver when they're playing a, a good to uh, above average quality team. And in prime time, they sit over here and give us a, a stinker and sit over in the rain, get the their their, their, their doors blown off mm. and, and don't get it done and get the bill. So, so, Boy, so what, were your thoughts, what were your thoughts about the Cowboys game? Well, you know, it's like this is what the Cowboys do every single solitary year, <laughs> you know, since 96. Since 96, They yeah. find a way to wet the bed at the most inopportune times. Mm-hmm. And I actually was, you know, um, as a non-resident Cowboy lover, I was actually thinking, oh, this might be the year that where they, they you know, change their stripes. They might actually say, oh, we're going to – Pay attention and come in like rock stars on a road game because everybody says we don't win these road games. But no, they decided to do exactly what they always do. It's interesting, though, because now it's kind of like with the whole Dak era, his whole career has been um, marred in the biggest game that you need to deliver or your team needs to deliver, you guys find a way to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And But that consistency is we consistently wet the bed. <laughs> we consistently find a way to play our weakest in the moment where we needed to play our greatest. And the Bills were kind of like primed for them to just, 
you know, say we want to be a Super Bowl contender. We need to scare the 49ers a little bit to say we coming. And or that we they did the with opposite. You. They did the opposite. And, and, and what's so crazy is, is that, you know, Dak was running the, the MVP race. Like he was the forerunner. Yeah, it, you know, yes. even above Purdy, it was like Dak, he went, has a great game this week. He could almost lock it oh down. Oh, my God. And, and unfortunately, so he, he didn't have a horrible game, but he, he didn't have a good game. No. And then when you have those middling results, what happens is is you, is you hearken back to what you, the previous beliefs of you. And, and, and the reality is, is that the Bills took a unique strategy in beating them. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have leaned on Josh Allen like they've had all season, but they chose not to do that and chose to employ the running game. I don't know if they saw something in the tape, but for whatever reason, they decided to sit over and only have Josh Allen uh, throw the ball uh, 15 times, but they ran the ball 25 times and they used James Cook James Cook, just to run it down their throat. They did. I mean, between, uh, yes, uh, yeah, Cook, uh Murray, mm-hmm. Murray scored the touchdown. Mm-hmm. It, here's the thing about the the Dallas defense. You know, Mayo Micah, eleven from heaven. You know, <laughs> he's a pass rusher. Yeah, I think that what he has established thus far in his career is that he's a pass rusher first, and because he's not, let's say, light in the ass, but he's naturally a linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, but in their scheme, in their four three scheme, he's a defensive end. And he cannot mush a whole lot of 300-pound-plus guys. So then when you get in a little bit of, let's say, inclement weather, it wasn't terrible. It was actually, by comparison, probably a good day weather-wise. But he can't penetrate. He can't mush people out of the way. And he looked uh, invisible. Well, well I, have, I have to disagree with you about that. Because according to PFF, he had 11 of the 15 dropbacks. He uh, had pressure. Now, he didn't get a sack. But the pressure rate was there. It he didn't had, result in anything. Though. Well, it, it resulted in some few off passes. But, again, Allen didn't pass enough to really make that force um, come into play in terms of the game. Literally, how the offense won for the Bills is they just ran it down their throat. You're right. And so what I would say is is that, okay, you're looking at the personnel of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, even us little armchair analysts are watching this. <laughs> And we can say that, you know, Dallas, they put a bunch of guys light in the ass in the middle of their linebacking core. And those they're mainly cover guys. And then they have an above average secondary and they have a pass rush. But so how do you negate that? You negate that by just saying, all right, well, I'm going to use all of my big fat boys and we're going to just ramrod you up the middle in weather and see, can you hit us and make us? Get out of that scheme, and they never did it. This is they the first game that what's what, what's the dude that got injured uh, for the Cowboys early in the season with the neck injury? The, uh, the white dude, Vander Vander Vanderesh. Vanderesh got hurt, and this is like the first game that we r- really saw a team exploit that linebacker yes. uh, crew that was not going to be able to be there to stop the run. And without Vanderesh, 
they weren't able to sit over here and compete with him. And they're not, you know, James Cook has not been a superstar from the running back uh, position. Right. But you're talking about 25 uh, uh, rush attempts and 180 yards. It was so crazy when you talk about the Bills. It was so crazy. At the end of the game, I don't know if you saw the video. The the coach was sitting over and doing his end of game speech and handed the game ball to Josh Allen with only 15 dropbacks <laughs> and less than 200 yards and passing. Instead of giving the game ball to the to the running back James Cook that had ran uh, rushed for 25 attempts yeah. and had 180 yards. Well, you know, the total offense. When, when when you look at this, this is an indicative of uh, McDermott and not having the, the self awareness. Kind of just like how he had the issues when he brought up 9/11, trying to motivate the team. He doesn't have the self awareness and the connectivity with his team to sit over and figure out how to truly um, connect with them and, and also inspire them. Well, you know what inspires is winning. So what I think happened, you know, we're both giving our like little slant on it. But I think that it was just like, hey, guess what, Josh Allen? You deserve the game ball because you didn't screw it up by throwing a whole bunch of interceptions. And and that's that's very challenging when you not doing the wrong thing is, is a determinant for your success. Yes. And, you know, it always feels good to the team, generally speaking, when we give the game ball to our traditional leader, which is the quarterback position. So I get it. I get what you mean by it being somewhat uh, disconnected, certainly from a fan perspective, because he wasn't the determining factor. It was the fact that their defense and Miller just just shut them down, shut the the Dallas Cowboys Mm -hmm. down, Mm -hmm. and they ran the snot out of the ball, and the Dallas couldn't stop it, and that's why they won the game. Um, but Allen not throwing some interceptions when he's traditionally been the guy who throws interceptions, that that probably played a role. But but it. but here's where the reality is: these are players that understand the game, and when you sit over here as a coach, give the game ball to to Josh Allen to hit to his credit, did have the awareness and said it. He and this is quote unquote that I feel like I was in a team project and we got an A and I didn't do anything, you know. I didn't do most of it. I didn't participate in the team project mm. and still got the A. That at least Josh Allen has a wherewithal so his team doesn't feel alienated. The problem is is that the coach has to have that same wherewithal. But, but I agree with you. You know, um, the Cowboys, unfortunately, just didn't show up. They're used to playing in that dome. It was uncomfortable conditions with mm-hmm. the rain and with the wind. And, and at the end of the day, is playoffs are played in January mm-hmm. when weather is inclement across the United States. And if they can't get comfortable winning in that setting, especially when they can't win the division, then, they, then they're capped at how far they can go. Yes, the fandom on Cowboys is at a fever pitch because, like I said, they haven't won since – uh, you know, the Aikman. Since we were Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they haven't won since, what, 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they are arguably one of the most popular teams in the league. And they have been for eons. Mm-hmm. So there's a fever pitch that is around them. And I actually find it very almost disheartening about Dak's career I don't think Dak was the reason why they lost his game. I would agree. I think Dak did uh, a, a serviceable job, but it's it's the level of urgency of the collective. Mm-hmm. They Strong. did not understand that we need to prove ourselves 
over this next couple of weeks and put ourselves in the most advantageous position to have a home game. And they, this was the perfect game for them to do that, and they wet the bed. But here's the thing is, is they thought they did it with the Eagles. And when you think winning one game is the end-all, be-all, and not understanding it's a collective, to be great in this, in the, in this game, and Patrick Mahomes has proven you can't do it for just one game. You have to do it in, in the terms yeah. of a collective. And they especially didn't do down the stretch. Especially down the stretch. Now, here's where the reality is, is the Bills have set over here and put themselves in a position. Yeah, they mess that, around, and then now they're a little bit dangerous. Well, now they're dangerous. Now they're not quite in that, in that top seven to make the playoffs, but they're a game away. And they don't have a, a hugely difficult um, road in these last three, four uh, weeks. I think, of the yeah, year. Three, three weeks left. Yeah, you're they right. Don't, they don't have a difficult road. And so it is um, very conceivable to see that the Bills are going to be there mm-hmm. at the end of the year. And they're going to be, they're going to make that seventh or sixth uh, position. I wonder if they're going to make me right or wrong because I, the Bills, even with their colors, they, they just remind me of that, that the basketball analogy where I say they, they're like the Clippers. They, 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 they love to clop. So, but will the Bills clap? I don't know. You know, the, the, the fact that they won this game and they won it in a convincing fashion, mm-hmm. it, it just, it gets all the dander up. It just makes you feel like, oh, they might be somebody. And it'll be very interesting to see. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that dander because I don't even know what dander looks like, but I know dander is going to be there. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but I understand exactly what you're saying. It's like, you know, again, when we're talking about when the rubber meets the road, the rubber's yeah. going to have to meet the road. And, and they're going to starting have, to meet it. And, and here's what twist is. When you ascend, when you start moving in the right direction at the right time, because it's all about momentum with this deal. Mm-hmm. Just like in basketball, we, we, we've talked about in basketball in terms of a team having that momentum to finish out a game. Well, they're having that momentum to finish out a season. The reality is, is that they – the hope is, is that they don't take their foot off the gas. The right. hope is that they don't start believing in the press that they're going to begin getting – as they're going on this winning streak. Mm-hmm. And so if they can sit over here and stay composed, stay um, uh, mentally focused, loud and focused in, that, that that they sit over here and 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 finish this the, this uh, season strongly. Yes. But but still, once we get to the playoffs, this is when the rubber meets the road. And the reality is because they're going to have such a low uh, playoff seeding if they do get in, that they're going to have to play these games away. Yes, you're right, but you know what? the The bar has been lowered in terms of the overall competition. So, uh, you know, if you look at why, why do you say that? Well, because when I look at the overall AFC platform, the overall AFC threats, you had, what you're really saying is uh, Kansas City has looked vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Then you have to say, okay, Miami is would be arguably one of the more favored teams. But both of those individual teams are beatable under the right circumstance because we can honestly say, if we're, as a Buffalo Bill, that we have enough talent to legitimately compete at home. Well, at home or on the road. So then, the only outstanding outliers is is that the real threat is uh, the Ravens. Can we beat them? And will we even get into the game and the dance to beat them? But if I if I look at who my first or second matchup might be, you have to say uh, it's probably going to be anywhere between um, Kansas City or 
or Dolphins. And so if if it's one of those and the Dolphins happen to be in their division, so they have a little bit of, uh, let's say, knowledge about that team, can we do it? I well, that should be the Ravens because if they do sneak in, I think it's going to be the seventh seed. Oh, so you're saying so they, they, would just, they So then it would be, to your point, then they would have to beat the the big dog right off the bat. And if they're able to do that, then, then it's then, smooth then, sailing, then it's smooth for, sailing for them, you know, emotionally anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I could see the Bills making some noise. Of course, it remains to be seen. They got to get in the dance, first of all. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they could do it. They could they could scare some people. Well, you know, you, you talked about the Chiefs, and, and the Chiefs is a conundrum all in itself. It, it, it's, it's a team that obviously we always have confidence in because they have Mahomes and they have Reed as a coach. And so normally we and feel Kelsey. confident in Kelsey, but Kelsey hasn't been playing great. But at least they have Mahomes and they have Reed. And I, I, and I agree, Kelsey traditionally, and we can believe that they're – that Kelsey's going to figure it out yeah. by by the end of the season. I do believe he's distracted by his book. You know. You, oh, you you going you going to blame it on uh, the the Tyler, I mean the the Swift family. The- <laughs> you, you know why you can't because it's not by coincidence that he sits over here and and now all of a sudden he has all these commercials. And we saw that with Baker Mayfield. Baker mm, Mayfield had a great rookie season good, and good. he had all those commercials and then he came back a second season and, and shit the bed. Yeah, but his was actually based upon him actually winning the Super Bowl, so I ain't mad at I, him. I don't know about that because I don't know why the alignment lined up, but once he got with Taylor Swift, all of a sudden we saw him on, on every other commercial during mm. football. And, and, and so what I do believe is, is that when – what I saw from Kelsey um, this past game with the flops, with the drops, um, is getting a little bit scary. And just overall for Mahomes, you see the frustration that's beginning to um, yeah, yeah, it's really uh, seep in and festering. You know, uh, Tony is, is is an individual that simply just can't get right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's bobbled another pass that resulted into a, a turnover that had nothing to do with Mahomes, but it's going to hit him in his stats. And when you make those type of mistakes, when when you're missing, when you're dropping passes as Kelsey, when you're sitting over and flopping instead of going after the ball, when you have Tony sitting over here bumbling the ball, mm. and you can't win Super Bowls like that. And, and, and what's frustrating, what's unfortunate is I don't know if this is a team that is mentally dialed in. And so everybody talks about the enemy. Um, he didn't call plays. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Oh, the one thing that I do know is that when he went into Washington, he he, he exacted a an expectation by them. Absolutely. And, 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 and those people, those players weren't ready for that. Mm-hmm. And they began to rebel initially. They complained about how hard he was. And now they're beginning to appreciate and respect that. But initially they didn't. And I do believe that that same um, strictness, that same uh, – it's devoid uh, in commitment Kansas City, to greatness. Yeah. It, it's devoid in Kansas City, and you see the sloppy play yep. result in not having a coach I that agree. does demand that type of greatness. So I really don't know if this is a team that can actually sit over here and make it happen. Well, you know, uh, we will see. I, I do agree with everything, all your points, because look. Uh, the enemy was a part of the perfect storm. You know, you've heard me say this week in, week out of the whole fragility of winning. But the thing about saying that it's not cliche. Mm-hmm. The real reality is, is that 
you do need somebody who's going to be a disciplinarian. And I think that Andy Reid, because he's the CEO and he is the one who has, let's say, provided the offensive scheme for this team, but he has to really rely on his um, skill position, offensive coordinating, defensive coordinating guys. And that was a loss that you're starting to see in, because who knows if, Tony, mm-hmm. if, if Tony would not actually be a little bit more de- refined and defined, dialed in, if the if, enemy if was the there, enemy was there, so doubt, that yes. where he would actually do things. It's not even that he's not a good player or not a not a production or level doesn't player. have the talent to sit over here and provide. He's already it's, shown that. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's the simplicity of mm-hmm. catch the ball first, mm-hmm. catch the ball, mm-hmm. lick it into your body bring it into your body, and then you decide on what it is that you're going to do. And, and they a- obviously don't have an OC that sits over and comes from the boot or is down there on the field that can grab him at the face match and say, hey, get your shit together. Yes. This is the only one that you can see that on their – within their, let's say, receiver core that has said – I would say graduated to a, a, a respectable level is Rice. Well, Rice so, has done well in terms of his production, but the problem is, is he's still fumbling the ball. He has a fumbling issue. And, so, okay. and nobody is perfect. So, again, but th- those things can kind of be worked out. But Rice I, is all um, – Yeah, it, it's, mechanics, it, it, mm-hmm. it's mechanics, mechanics and repetition. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the only thing – it's not like he needs to be a Hall of Famer in, in, in you know year two or three. The thing is, is – Okay, you have that guy that is being able to say, I can consistently catch it and I can d- try and mm-hmm. do and execute to a high level mm-hmm. that takes pressure off of Kelsey. We all know Kelsey's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. We all know that, you know, Pacheco going down also added to their, their, Without their a struggles. Doubt. Without a doubt. Um, and he'll but, be back. But Jerk McKinnon is pretty much of a reliable guy out of the backfield. And, you can always and depend Ed, on Edwards him. Edwards Alaire has come in and, is, and has been, now that he has been usurped or, or reinstituted in as the starting running back, that he can do a serviceable job. Who, Clyde? No, Clyde Edwards Clyde Alaire is, is a stone cold mystery. Well, but he's done a serviceable job. So then mm. it's just, but it still comes back down to what we just talked about, their receiving core. So whether you talk about Sonny, or whether you talk about Tony, they don't have those guys executing at a high level. And maybe the fact that the enemy is not there to crack the whip on mm-hmm. them and really get them in the gear mm-hmm. is the missing thing. And you see, guess what? Mahomes is getting real frustrated now. He's And it creates vulnerability. Will my Raiders come out here and smack that ass? I don't know. Hey, the answer, the answer there is no. But, but, but I feel you getting excited. Don't and, hate and, on my parade, though. Thing. We don't know yet. I, I got to hate on your parade. I just want to, <laughs> I just have to be honest and forthcoming with you. I know. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Listen. But, but, but it, it, it's always great to sit over here and dream and hope and wish. And I, and I do believe, you know, we're going to talk a little I bit about the Raiders I later. I wait to, uh, have us win and have me have you eat crow on all of that, even though I can't say much now, but I, ugh. Jay. Just wait. Jay, when we're in our 40s, I don't, we, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> but, uh-huh. but, but, but with that being said, I, I will tell you this, is that 
Obviously, the Chiefs are not a team that you want to see. And with four games or three right. games left, will they be or, able to focus in the highest leverage moments? Well, 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 my point is, is that I believe this is a team that's always going to be dangerous. You have Mahomes that's always going to sit over here. Uh, and all agreed. it takes is we've seen Tony do it in, in a big time situation. So all it takes is for him to have a good game without a mental lapse for them, for him to do something special and then. Uh, that be able to propel the team to the next level. Right. So the reality is, is that they are not out of it, even though. No, they're and, not. And with Rice sitting over here doing the great things, you got to remember the only difference between this wide receiver crew and last year's wide receiver crew that they won a championship with is is just Juju and Rice. Mm-hmm. And Rice, we can we can arguably say, is far better than Juju. Mm-hmm. So the reality is, is that all we need is one game without any mental lapses, and then they're. Going to be very tough to beat. Yes. So, so you you got to still be excited about the chance that the Chiefs have yes. in terms of going back to the Super Bowl and sitting over here and doing something they, special with, with that defense and with with Mahomes and and company. But the defense hasn't have, been playing that great. They no. literally have to like re. I don't know if it's retool, reconfigure, or what they have to do. Um, redial in, but the 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 team hasn't been playing as well. As a totality, the defense. I agree, but as it's before. like it's like you said. You've said many weeks prior. It's like styles make fights, right? Mm-hmm. So they they have a bend no break type type of defense. Mm-hmm. So, but their defense is experienced, and they've experienced playing games at the highest level. So, the, I think that the defense will come and play at the highest level. Sneed, Jones, they mm-hmm. will do that. The thing is. Will and, and you know I I gotta give a little bit of love to to Tony because you know when he had no pressure on him in the Super Bowl he delivered. he delivered so then that's always the hope with them it's like oh okay well can we get him to execute on the level that he did just last year can we do that and can he do it in high leverage moments because he's not doing it right now but can he and it's still in there so can we coach him up to do that but I agree that. It doesn't look likely right now, but they are always a threat because maybe he will or maybe they will. For the first time, they went from the presumptive to the uh, question mark. I, well, I don't. I don't even want to use the word or the expression question mark. What I what I do want to use is dangerous mm. because it's just about one good game by Tony. Or a flawless game, no mistakes by Tony, and that missing link being the difference between them boat racing somebody. So I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to quite go there. But you know, yeah. I, I will tell you this: you know, there are some teams out here that at the beginning of the season, you know, probably not just us, but a collective of the NFL community felt that they were going to be doing well. And uh, one of those teams is the Atlanta Falcon. I think <laughs> we all looked at that bit. division and expected um, that division, uh, not a lot out of that division. Yeah, they were supposed to be the sneaky guy. They were supposed to, or I wouldn't say the sneaky, they were supposed to be the ones that were going to, they had all the weapons. They were a little bit lacking in QB, but they supposedly had a great coach. And this was going to be the team that was going to dominate this division, this weak division, to be able to finally get into the playoffs. Because, you know, Arthur Smith has been there for three years, mm. and they've been accumulating all these unbelievable assets. They never had the quarterback, but with all these assets and then he being an offensive-minded coach Mm -hmm. that he was going to be able to 
uh, rein in the quarterback for them to sit over here and have the quarterback perform just enough, just above average, mm-hmm. to where with all the unbelievable um, uh, yeah, tools yeah, and, right, and, right. and weapons that they have, and London, and Bijan, and Aguilar. I mean, this had yeah. a lot of individuals, and then what we see is they're still underperforming. So here's where my reality was with them is that they get on my – you know, and I know because I don't know why you fell in love with the Falcons, but yeah, I already know. You no, well, I fell in love with the Falcons. We got Pitts, which is a generational player. We have Bijan, that's a generational player. We have the run, uh, the wide receiver from USC. Oh, look at your voice. Yeah, really yeah, under, yeah. Okay, you know, so this is well, what it's, oh a, it's a crawl all up in me when you have all that talent and then you have a coach that's being renowned. And the, here's where the reality is. I don't care who your daddy is. Your daddy doesn't have nothing to do when you sit Uh-oh. over on that side. Oh, like you all and in you your gotta sit over and make it one. happen. And when you don't sit over and make it happen, because guess what? Yeah. We've had Pitt sit over and underperform for his first three, four years of his career, all due to this coach. We have Bijan, who was a generational running back that's underperformed. If he was on any other team in the league, mm. He would perform at a far greater level. Say it again. With any other team. (laughs) (laughs) On any other team would perform greater. London. You know, like London, say, London's had a solid year. But no, he's had a solid year just because they you want him to be underperformed that he yeah. had to throw. And that if you put you put uh London should be Evans. Mm. He should he should have been in the he cut from the same cloth as Evans in terms of ten year thousand yard. Ooh. But because you're with this coach, it's not happening. Well, let me tell you, the Dirty Bird community agrees with you a wholeheartedly. I don't, but I know that they are they they feel what you're saying because they're like, what in the hell? Well, at the, and then you see the team sit over here and say, oh no, this coach is coming back. I understand his daddy's a billionaire, and that's all good. And Arthur Smith, I understand that's your homeboy, his daddy, who's uh, the founder of FedEx. I understand oh, he's your homeboy. Yeah, but at the really end of the day, like we this. have to. And this is when you start talking about that nepotism. When you have individuals that aren't graded, could you imagine uh, 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 another coach? That sit over and had these type of uh, players that they drafted, talking about generational players, and them that coach not doing something with them, and then getting the pass on missing the playoffs for three seasons, and then ownership coming out and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, he's coming back." Well, okay. The thing about Arthur Smith that you really also have to say, in fairness to him, is that you know uh, Ritter, I think it Ritter. is Ritter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy. And they needed to, because of financial reasons and them spending money on all the guys that you just named. The guys that I just named were rookies. They're on rookie contracts. So no, there's not a bunny that stopped them from getting oh, a good quarterback. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ritter Ritter is also a, a, And they drafted say, him in yeah. a weak quarterback class. Ritter in the weakest quarterback guy. class that we've seen in 20 years, this is the year we're going to go get a quarterback. The, the only thing that I will just uh, allow me to say this very softly, because I know you're, <laughs> you're in your feelings about this. The team that was actually expected to win this division was, was the, the Saints. Saints. But they have cars. So anybody with any type of common sense and football acumen knew okay. that the Saints were going to be able to do 
do it. You knew the Saints were going to be able the to do Saints the deal. Or were the team that was supposed to win this division? The the Falcons were kind of like that sneaky pick, but but because they had a couple of wins early, that I know that they got you all excited about them. And then they have wet the bed <laughs> lately, and that has added to your level of disgust. I understand that. I understand it's it's that. the use of those prime weapons. And all I'm saying is, oh, is that we have to have the opportunity to sit over and speak frankly. And to speak frankly is, is when you have the weapons of a, of a phenomenal wide receiver, a phenomenal tight end, and a phenomenal running back, there should be no excuse. And then here's where the reality is. The rumor has it. Around the NFL, Uh-oh. what's is the rumor? Arthur Blank, who's the owner of the Falcons, uh, former CEO and founder of Home Depot, has sit over here and made it be known we're going after uh, Fields. Mm. Now Fields is from Atlanta, Georgia. He's from that Atlanta, Georgia area. So you bring him back home, and now you have a very phenomenal, competent, athletic court quarterback to couple with with, with these guess, weapons. Guess what? Guess who's going to be his coach? Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. So, so, uh, so, but this is so where we have to be able. Now we can it. take all excuses away from Arthur Smith, and the reality is, is he has to produce. And if he doesn't produce, I don't care who his daddy is. Oh, see, now look, we we going into the family lineage. I would just say that Arthur Smith would just say, "Hey, man, you know, I could do it." And you know what? But Ritter does not like your commentary right but, now. But, but, but Ritter is a stone cold mystery, and I think I, I think the coach knows that. I think the owner knows that. Maybe he's a stone maybe he's cold. A backup. Maybe he's a backup. This ain't for him, without a doubt. It, it's just simply not for him. This was a very winnable division for the Falcons. Winnable? And this is the worst division in all of football. See, if you is. don't win it, shame on you. And guess what? Everybody expected them to, but when you lose... No, everybody expected the Saints, bro. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Except the dirty birds. The the very smart... No, no. The the very smartest people felt... And no, here's what... And and it's not because a lot of people felt that because Derek Carr was a missing link for the the Saints. But when you look at all the, the the talent that's been amassed in Atlanta, the very most shrewdest um, prognosticators felt that Atlanta was going to win. And Atlanta just lost to the very worst team in the entire league. Now, honestly, of course, the weather was absolutely egregious. Yeah. But there's but no way the, pan, uh, the, the Carolina, Carolina Panthers yeah, that is unforgivable. It's unforgivable when you're in the heat. Like, you need, like that was the win that you check off and say, okay, we have that as we mm-hmm. get to this Even point. Even if it's an ugly game. Even if it's an ugly game, like it was at, at this point of the season. Mm. And to sit over here and lose that game when they didn't have to lose that game, when they could have sit over over here and and maximize what you could have gotten from Bijan and Algier, you could run Bijan and Algier until you broke. These I think people. Bijan got hurt. Uh, and I don't he know. I don't, yeah, and, I, I, I think he got hurt. But that, you got that, Algier. And, and so the whole point is, is they should never even draft a Bijan if they weren't going to uh, feature him. And now they finally sort of feature him. He got hurt. You still had Algier there. There's no reason for them to lose that that game. And, and guess what? They're still not passing the pits. They want to pass to Jonu Smith because Jonu Smith was with Arthur Smith when he was OC and, 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 and with the Tennessee Titans. Ooh, if you don't tell me how you feel about Arthur Smith, you just feel like he needs to be gone, gone hey, tomorrow. Like I, the, I don't like care. 
your daddy's a billionaire. Oh, I don't care. Goodness me. Hey, and I'll tell well, your mama I don't care that your daddy's uh, a billionaire. And I don't care if you tell your grandma. <laughs> and I don't care if you tell your daddy. That's tell what, your daddy. That's why I'm at with them. Okay. But, 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 then, yeah. but then we also got another team that's that's underperforming. Mm. And, you know, for me is, you know, we go into these seasons looking at it in black and white and having a, 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 a thought process on where these teams are going to be. And, and everybody and their mama thought Jacksonville was going to be something special because they have so much offensive talent. They have the coach that can sit over and do the deal. They have the QB that was number one that everybody keeps saying he's generational, but he looks as Mickey Mouse as anybody else out there. And so oh, not every, my Disney prince. Yo, Don't talk yeah, about my Disney prince. With the like long, Don't talk about my lock. Listen, but at that the Golden mullet is special. Okay, it, it, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it sounds good. It sounds like you're special, but my man has to play special. And, and and the reality is, is that when the rubber meets the road, they're only in the playoffs right now because they're in a boo boo division. Well, so they're, they're in a division with the Colts, with the Texans, which everybody expected them to um, to shrink, to, to 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 not shrink, but to remain where they were at, which was a three or four win. Uh, uh, team and now both of those teams have eight wins. So you 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 have an individual that was propped up, or everybody propped him up because they thought he was going to be in a weak division. And the reality is that division isn't that weak because they have good, brand new, fresh coaches that the teams are buying in and rallying around. And this team that everybody thought you could rally around this quarterback and this coach who has won a Super Bowl is coming out and seeing that neither of them really have the eye of the tiger. That's what the reality okay. is. They don't have the eye of the All tiger. All right, so, so I, you know, and I feel you with a lot of that, but what I would just also just say in defense of Jacksonville, and I can't even believe that that I'm messing around and defending Come on, defend it. Defend that time foolery. The, the thing is, is they just won the week before, and they lost this game, and they lost, and they shouldn't maybe by all accounts because it was Carolina. a home game. And it wasn't a home game. It was a Carolina home game. Had less than 100 people yeah, in the they, stands. They, they, the Jacksonville did not play Carolina. I'm no. sorry. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm they, they, yeah. No, they they yeah. uh, uh, they played, uh, was it the Lions? Yeah. No, no. They didn't play the Lions. No. Yeah. It doesn't uh, – uh, only, only, only thing that I'm bringing up about Jacksonville is they they, had no, they hard, played a good team. They, they played did, a they, good team. They, they did not sit over here and make it happen. Yes, and that's what you're really complaining about. Is yes, that they didn't play uh, to the, their capabilities and pull out the W. But it was a, it was a, it was a competitive game, and they still are in the playoff hunt. What they well because they're they're winning the division. But here's what the reality is now: because of that loss, and because of uh, the Colts and the Texans winning, it's only one game separating. So if they shit the bed one more time, and either the Colts or the Texans win, now we have even. Yeah, with, with, with three games left. So yeah. if they lose, happen to lose one more, and those teams happen to win one more. Then guess what? They they have fallen either to the fifth spot, sixth spot, or they're completely out of the playoffs. Okay. And so my point is, is that this is a quote unquote generational quarterback. We have a Super Bowl winning uh, coach, 
And we don't really see this team as a real threat. You know who they played? They played the Ravens. They That's did. who they played. And, and, and they lost. And, and they got spanked. They didn't just lose. They got spanked. They well, scored one touchdown. Well, all I, can say is, all I can say is when you play the arguably the best team in the AFC, it's okay. You lost this. Now the pressure is on. Yeah, you're going to have to finish strong. But I believe in Disney Golden Mullet. Well, you, I believe hey, in him. Shame on you. Because he, he's, he gonna do something. he's gonna disappoint you. And here's one of the disappoints you because at the end of the day, and, and, and let me tell you something. This is a dude that I do like. I do personally. I like I think he's a good dude. I okay. want to root for him. I want, but at the end of the day, is you gotta have that grit. You gotta fight. And I'm not saying he doesn't have any grit, but the grit has a trend. It has to translate into W's, really. Translate into W's, but more importantly, it has to sit over here and and show that you refuse to allow your team to lose when they're not supposed to. So that also speaks to what you feel generally about, like, the the quarterback position, right? So he has a high ankle sprain. He is playing through that high ankle sprain. Are you hurt or are you injured? Well, are you hurt or you injured? At this point, he he has to say because he's played, he is he's hurt. But what it is is then you have to look at to the other guys. So each what, what, has what, to step what, up. what hurts have to sit over here. What if he Ridley was, has to step if, up. if hurts was hurt, not injured. Will we be able to give him that same pass? I, I, because I he's that. Goldilocks. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't give that pass. I. I. I just think. At the end of the day, they played a team that is arguably supposed to be the, the number Bowl, one of the deal, the Super Bowl, and they ran into a team that was that was formidable. But they have the winning it, edge over Houston because well, they beat them well, but, head but, to head. Yeah, and, and, and that will get them in. But here's where the deal is: we got three games left. If yeah, they win all three, right let me tell you something. My conversation is going to be a whole lot different. Yeah, you're going to eat a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and guess what? Where the crow at? I yeah. can eat it up. Okay. But I don't have any problem with that. Okay. But here's what a twist is. If I'm right. If and, you're right, you're going to act up. You're going to hee-haw. And you're going to act up. haw Donkey. If, if they boo-boo on themselves in two of the last three games, let me tell you something. I'm going to be on his bumper. And here's what Twitch says. Don't come at me talking about he's generational and he can't do generational yeah, shit. Yeah, it will. Well, and I, I think the talk about um, the quarterback as a generational is super premature. Well, no, no. They came in and from him coming in from high school saying he was generational. And guess what? Justin Fields was actually rated higher than him. And they gave that generational tag. Oh, you love him. that. You know, oh, yeah, look at you remembering the stats. Six in my crawl. And when I saw Justin Fields eat his ass up in the college football playoffs, yeah, you said a whole And they way. still sat over here and mm. degraded uh, Justin Fields to have him drop in the in the deal and to sit over and give him the generational tag. But when you sit over and get that type of privilege, mm. you have to sit over here and do it. Mm. And we're three years in, and we haven't seen that generational. We haven't seen that tag that they've put on other players that have stepped up to that to that, uh, that level, and he is not. Okay, and, and, and guess what? I'm the first person to say I want him to, mm. but you've got to. do I don't it. believe it. At the end of the day, I absolutely love 
um, this team. I love how they've assembled. Mm. I believe they have great talent. I don't know if they felt that after you, your little rant. Un- unequivocally, they don't. And you know why? Because they're not living up to their expectations. This is a team that sits over and has a, uh, has multiple great wide receivers. I know one of their top wide receivers, the one that just yeah, got Kirk, paid, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk got, got hurt, hurt and, and, and he's true. not there. And, 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 but the team can't but run Ridley's the ball. Good. Ridley's good. Um, yeah. Um, what's the other wide receiver that came from Detroit um, that's been hurt a little bit of the season? Uh, oh, uh, oh, you talk. It, it, it's it's um is is would not. They have Zay Jones. They Zay have, Jones. So that, Zay that, Jones can do the deal. Yeah, even yeah. with, with yeah. Kirk he came from the there. Raiders though. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He came from the Raiders. Yeah. And then, and then Etn is not doing the deal. But at the end of the day, is that this quarterback was supposed to be the Messiah, and he's not. And at the end of the day is I'm going to be, if ain't nobody else in regular media going to speak the truth, I'm going to speak the truth. Lord, I, you want to speak truth to and, power. And okay. Let me tell you Lawrence, I've been a fan of Trevor Lawrence. I've been a fan of, but he has not sit over here and done the deal. And, and here's what twist is. I, I want to talk to you about this. You know, um, there's another coach that, 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 that kind of gets a lot of heat mm. that I am a fan of. But but unfortunately, his hometown is not a fan of, even though he's brought them a Super Bowl. And, and it's kind of probably indicative of uh, that fan base. But that, that this fan base of the Pittsburgh Steelers are calling for Tomlin's head. That is insane. I mean, it's insane, <laughs> but, it, but it's much more indicative of the fan base in the city. And I'm just going to keep it 100 with y'all. Y'all are not. Y'all are not keeping shit in perspective when you have a a, a coach that's going to keep y'all competitive, whether they're playing with Mitch Trubisky, yeah, or not. Yeah, but 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 they've the, they've lost three in a row. This team has fallen from fifth or sixth and, in the and, playoff and ranks out they the are, playoff they, ranks. They will not make the playoffs. I right, think, I is, think right without it, a doubt. Even mm-hmm. if they found a way, if he magically found a way to coach him up to squeak in. We all know they're going to be an early exit, so it's like, why? I don't but, think they, I don't even think they can do that. And the reason why so is that Mr. Trubisky and the team, the team is unequivocally falling behind him. Yes. And and I and I would say, Tomlin, you had a great run there. And to sit over and try to be with a team for 30 years is passe. Like, we don't do that anymore. Get in where you fit in. Find a better team or a team that is looking for what you bring to the table, which is leadership and that the ownership is willing to sit over here and pile in the talent to make sure, sure. and ensure that you I, succeed. I, I, I think, and I don't think he has that in, in the Pittsburgh. Well, Steelers. you know what I, I will say, regardless of all the, the, the media uh, banter that is going around Tomlinson right now, he has the ear of that owner and that owner is, smart enough to realize I better not get let get rid of my head coach because my head coach has been able to take um chicken tape, shit and turn in or chicken chicken salad. Yeah, I know the, I know where you was going. <laughs> All right, yeah, we talking chicken salad. Chicken was salad. Out of that, yeah. But look, he's been able to do that and he's been able to do that to the tune of you have not had a losing season in over 10 years. No, he has bro. never had a losing season. Not right in over yet. 10 years. All he's right never had a then. losing season. All right, then. I have to say it with all of the pronunciations. <laughs> so, Tomlin, the fact that he has 
uh, does not have a legitimate quarterback because even Pickett was wet in the bed. He has the offensive coordinator to where he had Todd Haley, and because of Ben Ben Roethlisberger not agreeing with Haley, and that kind of was like the beginning of the erosion. Ben Roethlisberger, no, the, the erosion was Ben Roethlisberger getting old. Yes. Cats get old. I, I only couple it with the fact that one of the things that ended up being a part of that erosion was, yes, uh, Ben was two steps away from retirement, and I think he retired the next year, but then they got rid of their offensive coordinator that was making two them. Years. Okay, so uh, forgive my timeline, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, they have not come up with a semblance on offense to allow uh, for them to be efficient on offense. They do have talent. They do have good wide receivers. They do have uh, two solid running backs. Their offensive line is somewhat marginal. They don't have a quarterback. No. And they went with the hometown guy in Pickett, and Which he was, is from not a good enough. Standpoint is, is smart, right? But but he's not good enough. But here's the twist: is, is with the hope that he became good enough. So how but, but does here, that turn but here, into? But here's where the I need to is. get rid of the coach. That's the only thing. Well, well how? Well, do that's you Pittsburgh. That? And I'm just going to be completely honest. It's Pittsburgh, and so you know, do your research if you want to understand what I mean by it's Pittsburgh. At the end of the day, is it's Pittsburgh, the reason why they would sit over. Because guess what? That's we, an asinine No, no, but here's what twist is. You have a coach that's been to two Super Bowls, and they're trying to get rid of him, and he's won one. You have a coach in uh, uh, Tennessee, Rabel. Mm-hmm. We don't hear Rabel. We, Rabel, we yeah. don't hear about this team underperforming multiple years in a row, not even close to the playoffs, and then calling for his head. So we obviously understand there's a reason. What I can say about Vrabel, which I respect about him, is that he turns more he 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 gets more out of less with his teams. But Tomlin, no, look, the thing about Tennessee is they have Henry, and they have had a average to good defense traditionally. That's been them. That's been their thing. And Vrabel has, he's the only one from the Belichick tree who's actually turned. He's not from the Belichick tree. He played for Belichick. He's not from the Belichick tree. He's from coaching. Okay. He's not even from the Belichick well, well, tree. So well, how many, how many, how many, how many Super Bowls has he been to? None. But, but, but again, none. so you just corrected me. He's not from the, the coaching tree, but he played for the man. Mm-hmm. And so he has that mantra of the, let's say the Patriot way that mm-hmm. is a part of him, but he's one of the guys mm-hmm. who actually has done something. They've made the playoffs a couple of times. They've done. They've done great. Year. They had the number one seed and then lost in the first round. So my whole twist is, is that okay. when, when one coach Thank is you. held to one standard and another coach is held to another standard and he's never been to Super Bowl. Tomlin has been a two, one, one. This man is not really winning records and, and has Never had a losing record, How about and that? they called for his job. But we have another court, uh, coach that has had two seasons that they're not going to go to the Super Bowl, and there's not one single call for his job. Let's not sit over and act like. So that's why I'm not going to be prisoner of the moment because to me that's just the media hype and the disgust of the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're they're spoiled like Laker fans. They they just expect that they're always supposed to be there. 
and they're not going to be there this time round. And so now they want to call for heads. But I think that if Tomlin is on the chopping block, oh my God, uh, Mark Davis, sign him tomorrow. No, I still think they need to go with Antonio Pierce for the, for the Raiders. But I will tell you this. Me too. But, is, that, but, is, is, that, is that when you want to sit over and come from a position of strength, you sit over and say, you got a problem with it? Let me go. Mm. And let me go to another team. And I will tell you this, that at some point in time, I don't believe coaches that remain with a certain team for too long because just like we see in Seattle, they've heard all of his shit, the coaches' shit, mm. over and over and over again. Okay, that, same that, thing that, with Bill that, Belichick that then. With Bill Belichick, you switch it up. So send him to another team. And since, since y'all want something new, let me show you what something new looks, looks like. Looks like. When we talk about coaches, and so Sean McVay and what they're doing with the Rams. Yeah, I'm glad. And, and, and let me tell you something. I saw this team early. And I remember, like I've said before, I saw this team and I said, this is one of the worst teams in the absolutely uh, in the NFL. This is one of the absolute worst teams. And to see what Sean McVay has done, right. Sean McVay's, um is kind of positioned as an offensive genius. But what I will tell you this is that this is not an offensive genius um, trek that they're on. This is a full-blown, unequivocal coaching trek that Sean McVay has taken this team that has nothing but third-round draft picks or, and less and because less. they've given all the other draft picks and, and, and brought a team together that should and was expected to completely and utterly underperform and, and to sit over and have them in the playoff okay. race uh, currently in the playoff deal and that unless they shit the bed they're going to make the playoffs Sean McVay and I've never been a huge fan of Sean McVay I always felt that he was a little bit overrated I respect Sean McVay's mind but I do didn't like what he did with uh their quarterbacks but I will tell you this Sean McVay is in a phenomenal deal with this team okay and I'm super excited and fired up about what they can do going to the playoffs and let me tell you something Teams don't want to play them in the playoffs. Look, in, to get in my estimation, off. to feel that just let's say to double down on what you're just even intimating, I think mm-hmm. that Sean McVay, other than uh, maybe Sean Payton, and to a stronger degree, D'Amico Ryan's, I think that they are the top three for coach of the year because they're taking. S- nothing and turning, and turning it into, into something. something. Now, so funny, you talked about uh, Sean Payton, and we've talked about him wait, uh, wait, previously. Wait, but but I, I do want to talk on Sean oh, Payton. But, please. but, but I, I want to stay on McVay for just one simple point because, look, the fact of the matter is, is that Sean Payton has literally the youngest team in the mm-hmm. NFL. Youngest. He has all of the newbies and he's got a handful of veterans and they are going, I'm going to say it now, Ram nation. They are going to make the playoffs. Say it with your chest. They're going to make the playoffs. And guess what? That is a magical, masterful run by him. But you know, who's not getting any kudos in this. We're giving it all to Sean McVay. Who is their defensive coordinator? Raheem 
Morris. Oh, oh okay. So Raheem Who, Morris. Or Raheem Morris was Give a, it to him. Uh, was a formal. He got the head coaching job of Tampa Bay. He was the youngest coach ever. Uh, actually, Sean McVay right. circumvented that and took that role, uh, took that um, that, that label yeah. from him. Sure. But okay. let me tell you something. Raheem Morris is now in his late 30s. Has has matured, has grown, and and we've seen that defense. And I remember he took over for Staley, and I remember the stories when Staley took the job for for the Chargers, and everybody said, "Oh, the Rams are are cool." But it's funny, Staley's gone, and Raheem Morris, we don't believe mm. in him. And so they're going to fail because of Raheem Morris. I remember hearing all that narrative. And guess and what? And now happened? look at him. No, guess what happened? They what won happened? a Super Bowl that year. That's the year that they beat the Mangles. Oh, well, check that out. But they don't talk about that in, in traditional media. Oh, look at and you. And so everybody's keeping about, receipts. I always keep receipts. <laughs> and so Raheem Morris was supposed to be the downfall of the team and actually was the defensive coordinator mm. that got the team to win a Super Bowl. Well, and, there and, and, and it's only because this is a, a coach that has experience and had the opportunity to be a head coach. And, and kudos to Sean McVay to recognize that, to put him ahead of his defense. But he's done a miraculous job with a defense with literally 90% of the players are third-round draft picks or less. And they found a way to sit over here and make this team competitive. Yes, because the offense, McVay's done a phenomenal yeah, job. Yeah, Puka's Puka coming up, and, and finally came, and, and Cooper Kyber finally comes. So, so he's been able to make that happen. But Higby, uh, Raheem Morris has done a tremendous job with the defense. Okay, so now thank you for allowing me to just get that off, and, and, <laughs> and, and I'm glad you gave gave it to I'm me. I'm always gonna give nuggets now. So now we're going to go to what I know you really want to talk about is you want to talk about what, what Sean Payton did, right? So since we're on coaches, oh. we on we, we got to be on coaches. on coaches. And we've given Sean Payton kudos yeah. in previous episodes. What do you think about what it is that that man did to Russell Wilson? And, and granted, yes, Denver has been on a streak and it's been largely because of him. But what do you think about the way that he acted on his number one QB in a loss. Well, you know, it's funny for me is, is I, I'm always about um, towing the line. I can follow just as much as I can lead. That's the point. But the one thing I can tell you is, is that an individual would have talked to me like that, how he talked to Russell Wilson. Yeah, because publicly. We, because we've never seen a head coach talk to a starting um, QB. Possibly... Uh, Hall of Fame QB who's won a Super Bowl, like how he thinks he can talk to to Russell Wilson on the sideline or how he can talk about Russell Wilson in the media. We've never seen him talk to any other quarterback like that, but he thinks he can talk to Russell Wilson like that. And Russell Wilson needs to sit over and say what you want to do. I am overjoyed and glad that Russell didn't do that, but I think that that Sean – no, you're no, a better man than no, me. No, no, but because it was the mature thing to do. But the thing of that, I'm obviously, that, not that mature. Uh, well, okay, especially when you get a couple of cavassiers in he your got- I know, but I will say this: I actually was thinking about it, and I was like, man, you know, you, Sean, with everything that you've done, 
with every the way that you turn around this team, the fact that you uh, had a team that got 70 put on them and you, you got them back and you got everybody on the same page and you could mess around and then lose the locker room. He, he's flirting with that. He's flirting because with he that. thinks he's greater than that. Well, and, and that when these cats get these these machismo, this like you, perception that you think you're bigger than the team. I will only say this: every great player and or coach has an ego, and those egos can probably be bigger than life. I think that we've seen that traditionally, and his is he's not um, different. And you know what? And he came up in a way with the the Bill Parcells of the world. But guess what, bro? This is not 1989. No, this is not 1992. And if he was dealing with one of them young cats, them young cats would have either at least challenged him. You dealing with a Russell Wilson that came from that old school that, that sits over here and respects a coach. But I can't respect somebody that it, it wasn't. It wasn't being hard on Russell. What he was doing publicly was degrading Russell. Yes, and, you and know he's what? done that in public with with the reporters yes. more often. Yes, and and so it, it's out of control. Shame on Russell for not checking it and sitting over here and forbidding him to ever get at him. You like know that what? Again. The only thing that somebody can discern from that, if they're just watching it, you can probably say that Russell uh, checked out of a, a particular play or a subset of plays that he said to do. And that's ultimately the only thing that we can assume from the level of uh, vitriol that he displayed because the play itself was pedestrian. Correct. was pedestrian. So, and you know where that play came from was when they got the, the call on the offensive lineman sitting over and moving. So he got cursed out for what an offensive lineman did to him. Okay. So, so Sean Payton wants to act tough with the quarterback who he knows is a square and then want to sit over and get on one, at one of those 300-pound linemen yes. that actually did the call. So here's the, here's the lesson. Here's the learning lesson that, that I think that I hope that whether or not Sean Payton listens to us or not, that's immaterial. I'm going to have a little bit of decorum and I'm going to say it in a nicer way. Mm -hmm. What I would say to you is, is that Sean you're in danger of losing your team and you're losing mm -hmm. everything that you just built mm -hmm. you just went on a five or six game winning streak and you took the team from losing uh from losing and and giving up 70 points to gaining them back and now in one instance you are in danger of losing you, them again and you think the team respects that you think that you think any Correct. player respects you talking to the Correct. to the to the quarterback in that fashion on television Correct. in front of everybody I else. I think it's just a learning lesson. You know what? No, no, no. We can't we can't get on Sean Payton talking about learning lessons. He's beyond that. He's been in this league for a long time. And this is what's most egregious. Is just to know we're talking to a player that's been to the Super Bowl more times than you, but Yeah, because he's been twice. That's and, and guess what? I couldn't have been that person. And he probably makes just as much, if not more, money than you. And, but and I couldn't have been that man. <laughs> I yes. know, I, and I understand it. The only thing that at the end of the day is I just think that Sean Payton needs to be careful. Because guess what? You coming down the stretch, you know what? Uh, you might not beat the Raiders in their their la that last game of the season. You might not but, beat but, it. But, so but, then it's like, and then you might miss – the playoffs on your last game of the season, you need to be cognizant of Hey, that. hey, when you're talking about karma's a mf'er, karma's a, a, a mf'er. But what I do want to talk about 
<clears throat> on a more far more positive note is that D'Amico Ryan. I mean, conversely, right? Conversely, when oh, you talk about him pulling out a win against a, a substandard Titans team, but you know how you won that game? It's all based off of belief. And when, and, and that's what really coaching is. That's what leadership is. It's about getting your army, your soldiers, to believe in where you want to take them and execute, and that the they can go. Level. Well, well, that's what that's what brings execution is belief. Yes, execution comes with belief, and You're so right. they they believe in what he's selling. Yep, and, and, and so I, it's so funny, you know, Domingo Mark, Domingo Ryan was actually the individual supposed to take that Denver role. He chose not to take that to take the harder role in Houston mm. because he played there and had that semblance of. And you know a, what? A, and they had that, they had the, the 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 best draft pick scenarios, and he and he drafted well. And and look, Domingo Ryan's. If you're gonna like make me say it, I think he should be the uh, coach of the year uh, uh, with all of the parody because there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of arguable guys. Mm-hmm. But I think D'Amico, especially looking at the performances they just pulled off uh, without Stroud, because Stroud is the guy, and the fact that he wasn't there, and then you were able to gut that game out. That was a gut game. And, and Dale, mm-hmm. Dale is gone for the season. Yeah. Uh, Rollins is gone. So, you know, yes. I, I just wanted to give the kudos is that when you have a coach and it just shows you yes. what leaders of men is. I, I, you know, we hear, about all, we hear about all these coaches that are supposed to be offensive aficionados. You know, we, we have these coaches like uh, McDermott that's supposed mm-hmm. to be some defensive genius. But, but you still have to know, do the what I call the clack clack. You guys, you have to be like, if, all right, if snap, you, snap, if snap, you snap. Cannot connect with your players if you can't uh, on a visceral right level. If you can't connect with your players, I don't care about how smart you are. We're seeing that with the Chargers and with the uh, yeah. offensive coordinator that came from yeah. Dallas. We need to get more out of less. You have to sit over here and be able to connect with these people so they will sit over here and run through a brick wall, a wall for, for you. you. And if you don't do that, if you think that you're high and mighty and you're some type of genius because the media sit over here and, and, and portrays you like that to sit over and prop you up, to be greater than some other coach, well, guess what? You're going to sit over here and have a hard landing. That's what's so fragile about leadership of men. Because you know what? You can lead a group and you can have a reputation for leading a group. But guess what? Every season, every year, there's a new group. So can you lead that group? But great leaders, it don't matter who. Right. Let's look at another team that um, has a coach that many people, most people, especially his team, have rallied around. Mm. And that's the Dolphins. Look and, at and, and, and we've seen this team perform well, but they they they, they are very reminiscent of, of the Cowboys, where they will sit over here and mollywop yeah. teams that are not great. They have a longer they, misery than and, the Cowboys, and, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and they will give up the booty. The teams that are good. Yep. And we've seen this team sit over here and, and play well. Let me tell you something. I wasn't expecting them to play well without um, Tyreek. Neither you know? was I. And in the in the fantasy playoffs, and Tyreek is sitting out 
on the first round. That was absolutely brutal. But what I will say is, is that the beautiful thing about what the GM, which is Greer, ensembled this team is he didn't have one Tyreek. He actually has a one and a half Tyreek. Yeah, because Waddle is, is the only Still. thing close in semblance to Tyreek in the league. And they happened to be on the same team. So Tyreek was out, and Waddle just shifted over to his role and sat over here and played um, an absolutely phenomenal game. I agree, but but so did uh, H.A. and Mostert. So unequivocally, Mostert, mostly Mostert. But and you have to give a lot of love to that offensive line mm-hmm. because they run they run blocked mm-hmm. uh, to uh, a, a level to where you're like, oh. Well, maybe we need to pay attention to the fact that they have a really good offensive line because I don't think that anybody's paid attention to them. I would agree at all. But guess what? But they moved mountains and they created holes, mm-hmm. and their four point three Mach mm-hmm. five dudes ran through them and got busy. and got busy. Mm-hmm. So all right then, but but I still think that has a lot to do with coaching. And then we have the HBO um, hard knocks. So they have hard knocks in the middle of the season, and the the the, the Dolphins are there. Mm. And, and I look at McDaniel's, and I don't really perceive him as being a great leader of men. I perceive him as being an individual that can um, acclimate himself with men. Mm. There's a difference between acclimating yourself and being a great leader. I don't perceive him as being a great leader. I think that's the one difference that 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 team will have in terms of getting to the next level. Mm. I do see him as being okay. of um, acclimating himself to where the team loves him. But it's the difference between uh, wisdom mm-hmm. and I like you. Mm-hmm. The team likes him. And they're going to run through a brick wall for him. But right. it's a difference between um, I respect him. that the, 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 the wall that gets ran through between respect versus like, yeah. the wall is greater, bigger, stronger, more fortified between respect versus like. And I think they like him. I don't think they respect him. But I think that they don't respect him in the same way of this is a real person mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I gotta that I ride or die for. They just like him because he's a cool cat. You know what's interesting about what you just said? If his like aspect of this ends up making the end result meaning that we're gonna go to the highest heights, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe maybe his method will work. It's it's very difficult to say that he's not a leader of men if he hasn't led them anywhere yet. They have to go somewhere to legitimize. And then here's what twist is: we have three weeks to go somewhere. Hold on, and a, <laughs> a long ass highway. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't have that opportunity. We don't have to, and that's we what I love about the game. The, the game will put teams get there in situations mm-hmm. where they got to get there. Yeah, that's what makes these last three weeks so interesting mm-hmm. because. We literally, within the course of this whole episode, we've talked about three or four different scenarios mm-hmm. of about three or four different teams to where who, who, 
What are they going to be? Mm-hmm. What are they? What gonna are they going to be? What you going to do? And we going to figure that out. Yeah. But 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 lastly, I I do want to talk about is the Raiders. Oh, and, and bless Ra- you. And, and and the reason why we have to talk about the Raiders the nation. Is, is this is a, a unique dichotomy. You you have a team that had the 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 unfortunate opportunity to sit over here and blink in the game. And very rarely does any NFL team blink. And then on the flip side, sit over here and crush it so much. It was almost uncanny. It was almost unforeseen. Uh, actually, it was de- not almost. It was definitely unforeseen. It was definitely prolific. That that say it again. Yeah, say it again. Prolific and unforeseen. Prolific. And so we we have to we we have to talk about a little bit about that. Not just because it's your team. I know. Oh, you, bless you. I know you love the Raiders, and oh, you know I sent you. you a little message. And, and I said over here and encourage you to go get as many napkins as you can to sit over and help you through this. Oh my God! <laughs> yes. Look, I'm getting teary eyed right now. I'm like. Oh my God. Hey, the doctor was in the tears. The doctor was for something else that she was sitting over here doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would. I no, no, I didn't do that. But we saw a team that sit over here, and, and and that's why what's so exciting about Antonio Pierce. You talk about it. When we, we've talked about this, a team that resonates with their team, a coach that resonates with their team. Yeah. This is a coach that yep. sits over here and after a fucking blinking can come over here and have the one of the most prolific offensive outbursts ever in the history of the yes. NFL. I mean, that dichotomy is only indicative of the coach. Yes. Is it fair to say that the coach sit over and has to take a lot of responsibility for blanking in the game unequivocally? But is it even more we have to sit over here and respect a, t- a coach that got the team so fired up and so ready to go that they broke NFL records the yes. very, uh, offensively. I, 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 uh, both things can I, be I, true. Both things can be true. Both things had, was true. We saw it unfold itself yes. right in front of our eyes. Yes. And, and that's what's so exciting for Raker, Raider fans. I'm obviously not a Raider fan. I know you are. Yeah, Lord knows but, you, but, you're but, not. But I will tell you this. Man, you, they are getting me to where I'm sitting over here rooting for him. Not because it's Antonio Pierce. Not because, you know, he's done a great job or a good job in terms of his um, um, time as the interim head coach. But just because he gives you the opportunity to see what is possible with a team yes. that came from a coach that never showed any possibility. Yes. Yes. Look, simply put, we talked and we have talked about leadership and leaders of men. Mm-hmm. And so I think what was on display on Thursday night was a team that has bought into what a coach is selling. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. So what you really have to say is Antonio Pierce should be the head coach of the Raiders. Right there. I think he will be. Yeah, and, and the reason why I feel so convicted about that. Is simply put because he is dealing with the also rents, the guys who are left over. He has not picked his offensive coordinator. He has not picked mm-hmm. his quarterback. Mm-hmm. He has not picked anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is just a guy who has filled in. Mm-hmm. But the fact that his he's gotten all 53 men to buy into such a degree to where they were going to go balls to the wall for him. Mm-hmm. And yes, 
we're playing against the second, maybe third string uh, level quarterback for the Chargers. An ass whooping is an ass whooping, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is. An ass whooping is an ass whooping. And mm-hmm. guess what? That defense was still supposed to be formidable. They still had, they and, still had Khalil and, Mack. And, and Khalil league. Mack, who's leading the league in sacks, and had a couple of sacks in that game, yes. Khalil Mack, and, and we still didn't have mm-hmm. our left tackle. So so we were playing without our center. Mm-hmm. We were playing without our left tackle. We were playing without our starting running back. Mm-hmm. And we still found a way to boobop smack them. Smollywop. Molly Wap them. And, and, and so that speaks it's to exciting. And, and the only thing the is, is that, is that this leads you off the, the ledge from jumping off. And so I'm super excited for you. I thank you for giving me that little, uh, <laughs> yeah, you gave me a little anecdote. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't think we were going to talk about I want to move you off the ledge and I want to say that this is a team that. Your not, little olive branch you gave that, to that me. Not this year. Um, can I get that excited about? But I will tell you this, is that because they're not going to do that great, they're still going to have a decent um, um, uh, uh, draft pick. And, I'm not going to allow you to define our season. We can, we can go 3-0. We're going to beat well, the that's, Chiefs. That's, that's I'm going to say it with my chest. Well, yeah, you can say it with your chest. And you, can, and you can make all those unbelievable sounds. <laughs> But I will tell you that's not going to happen. And what we're going to have at the end of the day is a team that's going to have a, a, a solid draft pick that can actually pick an actual quarterback um, that is good. Hopefully. That is good in the first round. And then we can sit over here and collectively move around and then, them. And then I'll talk. I, and, and then I'll really talk about And then about you have a coach that's going to sit over here and Jeez. get everybody fired up. Yeah. And, and, well. and what's exciting is, is that you – like the future can be bright. Yeah, we're going to be somebody. And, and guess what? You've you've lied to yourself in many a seasons in early, and then been heavily disappointed. <laughs> and I think uh, I think I'm tired have... of you. I'm tired of you uh, uh, <laughs> talking about my demise. Everything. No, 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 no. Because no. this is I'm fixing Jesus. This is so positive. What we have is is that you have an opportunity next year. To be excited, I don't sit over here and say that they're going to be the Chiefs next year because guess what? The Chiefs are going to sit over and fix their wide receiver situation. So I don't think that you necessarily have the ability to overtake them. But what you do have the ability to be is a second in the. In I don't the, accept the your division. consolation prize. We are going to do it. Well, hey, you can sit over here and lie to yourself all you want. <laughs> But it's really the really who you want to be competing with is the Denver Broncos, and you you see where the Denver Broncos are going. So really, the the, the who you need to be going after is being able to overcome them. And how what, how about this? The only thing that I'm going to say to you, because you clearly don't understand the AFC West. Oh, I, I, oh, I is don't, that I don't understand a, it. Okay. No, you do not. Okay, because we have dominated the Denver Broncos for years now. So even what I think, Sean the, Payton's not going to allow that to happen anymore. But but we did still you beat, lost. Did you beat them this year? Yes, we did. You gonna beat them again? We beat them game one. Are you gonna beat them in the last game of the season? And yes, we will. How much money you got on that? I got all my money. Fifty push-ups? No. I'm gonna bet my whole no, no, house. No, fifty push-ups. Uh, like, yeah, 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 on yeah, the yeah. camera, fifty push-ups. Fifty push-ups, and that means that you're gonna have to do fifty push-ups. We're gonna we're gonna beat Denver. Book it. The last game of the season. Book it. Hey, 
I need book it. Are you gonna do fifty push-ups? Book it. Okay. 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 You heard that, America? Hey. Hey. You know, you know you've gotten thick. Hey, look, I'm over here like Cutty Bubble. Maki Dada. Everything you've done to me, I've done to you. Okay. I'm telling you, we're winning that game. You don't even have to give me 50 push-ups. I promise you, there is nothing that you can do to get out of those 50 push-ups. Do, you, do I look scared? I ain't scared. Okay. Right. We're going to win time. the game. Hey, I... I what we don't want to do is we don't want to sit over here and leave this team too far. Your team won a, 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 an exceptional game against an unexceptional team. I told y'all that Staley is a stone-cold mystery. Well, he got fired. And he got fired because... Yeah. Because he's a stone-cold mystery. No, but at the end of the day, we know what you want. He got fired because the Raiders beat him. Mm-hmm. G-Money... We, this was a great show. Yeah, I absolutely it loved fun. it. We talked it about a whole fun. lot of shit, but more than fun is we got real deep and we got real tangible. Yeah, it's the end of the is end of the year. It's the bro. end of the year, and the beautiful thing is, is we had some semblance of a bet that you know either I'm going to sit over here and, and increase oh, my gonna. sexy, or you're going to sit over here and, and try to get your sexy and stay out. sexy and, and <laughs> watch you uh, do them push-ups. Yes. So we're going to figure this out next week. So our next time we'll do it. I do. I do. Hey, on the move. I appreciate you. Give me that last little change. There it is. I appreciate you. Episode down. Ladies and gentlemen, please like Download, subscribe. We'll see you next week. Like I said, what he said. Whoop whoop. Football at the bar, baby. The baby. <laughs> Love it.